everybody and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Love 101 Season 2, Episode 2. And I just have to say off the bat, I love this episode and I'm really psyched to talk about it. I thought this was like probably the best episode of the whole series so far. Um, so I hope you guys share my rampant optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I am not drinking any tea, but I am drinking a Diet Coke, so sorry. <laughs> any tea for you? I had an orange very recently, but I don't have any Ooh. tea. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, maybe some tea would help your throat. Yeah, I should make some. I haven't yet. Throat coat. <laughs> for our um, esteemed recapper. Sophia is nursing her instrument today, so Eski <laughs> is going to take over the recap. I was thinking, what's the weirdest way I can say this? That what that was it? Yeah, the nursers doesn't want to get throat nodules. <laughs> yeah, we don't want her to end up like Julie Andrews. So yeah, oh, <laughs> no recap for Sophia. <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. So I'm going to try to do this, uh, hopefully with minimal rambling, although that's pretty difficult for me. So, all right. So this episode starts off with the very, very sad first image of um, Sinan's grandfather getting placed in his coffin to be uh, taken to, I believe this is a part of a mosque to, to be washed per Muslim burial rites. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, this was one of my WTFs. The his mom, who is the daughter of of his dead grandfather, it looks really sad and is like kind of crying while the coffin's being taken out of the yellow. But like, bitch, you live in Ankara, which we find out later in the episode, and you let your uh, underage son take care of him. So like, you're not actually sad. You don't actually we have care. no sympathy for her. Yeah, you don't actually care that your father died. Um, so stop, stop with that crap. And then um, the at least the at least Sinan's dad is like openly not giving a shit. Like he's at the he's in the basement of the mosque where his fa- his ex father in law is being uh, again prepped for burial. He's playing snake on his uh, throwback cell phone, and Sinan uh, rightfully glowers at him for doing that. Um, then we see uh, the grandfather being interred at the cemetery, and uh, then we cut back over to a different character, Ushik, who is being dropped off at what looks like kind of a out of town, maybe in the suburbs, or you know, slightly. I, my thought is like maybe on the Black Sea side of Istanbul, so maybe like uh, you know, north of Sodiyar somewhere. Because um, at that point in the late 90s, those areas were not as developed as they are now, thanks to the new airport. The main part of Istanbul <laughs> stretches in literally every direction. But anyway, Ushik's being dropped off by her father at a house in the suburbs, which is uh, owned by an older relative of Ushik's. At this point, I didn't know who she was later in the episode. She's revealed to be her aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like daddy's not too happy with her. And it doesn't seem like auntie's that happy to have her either. Um, and it's, uh, again, a, a WTF is like, 
this girl has literally done maybe one bad thing her entire life and you kick her out. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it was a pretty well, dumb, bad thing to be fair. I'd be right, pretty bad right. with her. <laughs> but like kicking her out, like Jesus. I would be like, cool. Yeah, I would be like, okay, child, why did you do this? Let me try to understand like what's going through your mind, not just kick you out. Um, anyway, then we uh, go back to Sinan, who is still in the yellow feeding his loyal uh dog the giant i guess saint bernard <laughs> i don't know what breed this dog yeah, is but saint bernard massive um and then uh his or oh, his shitty parents not here yet i don't know nope nope it's just osman sorry i'm getting ahead of myself osman pulls up to the yelda on the bosphorus side on a fishing boat that he's using as a water taxi to pick up uh sinan and go meet with the rest of the gang outside of Ushuk's aunt's house, uh, which is also uh, on, like I said, some extreme end of the Bosphorus, probably where it empties out into the Black Sea. And uh, Ushuk is all like, you know, how could you guys betray me like this by not telling me what was going on? And then look what, you know, it made you made me do by telling, you know, by ha- having me find out in this way. And she kind of resists like talking to them for a hot second, but then they convince her to come out from uh, her new new backyard and uh, chat with them. And this is where I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Sinan, despite everything he's going through, has the best idea out of all of them, which is to usurp um, Nejdet from being principal. If they can remove, because he's, he's currently provisional uh, principal, so he hasn't been fully confirmed yet by uh, uh, Yildirai Bey, who's the father of that piano virtuoso Edith that we met in the last episode, <laughs> and who we're going to see a lot more of later in this episode. Um, so it's up to him to confirm, as the regional kind of superintendent, it's up to him to confirm Nejet's appointment as the full-time permanent um, principal. Right now he's just provisional or interim. Um, so they're like, okay, how do we, you know, if he has, he's the only applicant right now, he's the only viable nominee, we need to throw someone else in. So that, you know, this plan develops over the course of, of the episode and they get some help. So we'll get to those in a bit. Then we see, uh, we see Edith in the next scene. She seems to really have a crush on Osman, which we gathered from the ink spilling in the last episode. But as we find out later in this episode, is that like she really has friends or a social life or understanding of social norms. So she displays her interest in very <laughs> strange ways uh, in these early parts, in these early scenes in the episode. After we, after our uh, few seconds of watching Edith crush on Osman, we see our friend Billy, her name's actually Bindur, but we like to call her Billy. Um, the, Billy in our hearts forever. Yes, yes, Billy five ever. Uh, <laughs> she's, one, she's one of the assistant uh, principals or one of the vice principals of the school. Uh, the other vice principal was Burju, but she resigned from that post because she hates Nejdet and everything he has done to the school. So in protest, she resigned from that position, although she's still a teacher. So Bindur, the only remaining vice principal, is gossiping about Burju and Kemal uh, with Suzan, who's that other teacher that's always kind of shown <laughs> as hating the kids, um, woman teacher, always shown as hating the, our, our four main characters. Um, 
they're gossiping about Buju because apparently she got in kind of a fit of jealousy over I didn't get this I think it was over the summer um she did because like this magazine that they were holding this popular magazine that Suzanne and Bindur were holding had a picture of a celebrity who used to date um Kemal because Kemal is a former professional or recovering professional basketball player so he's got famous exes I guess which I mean I knew we knew he was a professional basketball player back in the back before he got injured but like I didn't think that that meant he was dating celebrities like I didn't I don't know if that was kind of a surprise to me that he he was that famous um I, I think the whole thing is that or what I gathered is that you know, that was like the root of Burju's insecurities that like he's just passing by the school. And right. Just and he's amazed. not going to actually stick he, around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Kemai is kind of like, I, I think I think a few dots connect in his head as a result of this gossip. And he's also very clearly annoyed at these nosy women, as he should be. Um, then he goes, I think inspired by kind of what he heard one about Burju resigning from her post to how, you know, nasty the conversation was, um, the gossip in the teacher's lounge, so to speak. He finds Nejdet at the restaurant, which I gather is near the school where the teachers, I think in the last season two, they went there frequently together uh, for lunch. And Nejdet talks about, he's eating his lunch and he's very, you know, displeased with Burju for resigning and for taking the side of the, the bad students, et cetera. And then he's looking and he says he's looking for a new vice principal who's, you know, much better than Burju. And Kemal says, why not me? Um, which Nejdet kind of stupidly like agrees to right away. I don't know why he thinks that Kemal is going to like, I feel like there's no way Kemal is going to be loyal to him. I think he's just doing it to keep an eye on Nejdet and try to undermine him <laughs> where possible because he also hates him. Um, so anyway, like I liked I liked that development because I don't think yeah, Kemal is not a kiss ass and he's going to... Um, do what's right with that position I think and then in the next scene we've got let me see I don't know why so so Nejdet is like watching from afar as the A-class students receive their uh pins that I guess they have their brooches that they get like every month I don't know why they have to get new pins every month to mark their status but it's like a very public ceremony in the halls and then I didn't quite understand why Kedam just like beats someone up in the bathroom was that one of the kids who got the pins um or did he just like beat up a random person I I just saw him beating up a random person because like you know he's still him he just needs to changed I don't know but maybe there was more to it and then Osman kind of pulls him out of that he's like don't tell anyone because they they and then the next few minutes he says to Eda and Kedam like we cannot get in trouble because uh Ushik's been expelled we have to stick around to get rid of Nejdet so we have to we we can't make any mistakes we have to you know do reasonably well in in class as well as not get into any of this extra trouble that we always got into and then we have a really really awkward scene of Billy kind of sexually harassing Kemal yes (laughs) seriously like I was just thinking like you put the genders in this situation and it's unequivocally creepy and inappropriate so she was being so creepy um and like implying like oh finally they gave us a room to be alone together and and really creepy stuff like that and then the door mercifully opens and it's Buju and she berates Kemai for becoming 
vice principal. I should say that Billy and Kim are in the same room together because it's like the vice principal's office. So, and they must share an office. I don't know. It's mystifying. Indeed. So anyway, uh, they have, you know, Buju confronts Kemai. And I honestly don't remember what Kemai says. I feel like he just kind of takes it and shrugs because um, he's not like going to reveal his grand designs to anyone at this point. What, and we don't know either. I'm just assuming he has grand designs. In the next scene, Nejdet uh, is walking in the halls and encounters Keram, Eda, and Osman and asks why they aren't um, doing the, his chores for him like they had been um and they were like oh we're done because you expelled ushuk and that was the deal so they kind of all i don't know there's like a tense uh staring contest that happens and like they each take a step each group takes a step away from one another and like nejda turns back and glares at them and they glare back at him and it's very dramatic <laughs> so he should know something's up um what i gather is the next day or maybe later in the same day we see osman in class um, listening to Suzanne, actually one of the teachers, the teacher was gossiping with Billy about Burju's uh, insecurity. So Osman's quote unquote listening in that class and uh, Adif comes in as the new student. Um, and there's a whole like, cause everyone wants to be nice to her cause her father's the regional superintendent. She gets to pick where she sits, and of course, because she's she doesn't know how to express she has a crush on someone like a normal person. She's like, I want to sit exactly where Osman's sitting, like in such a way that he has to physically get up from where he's sitting and find another seat. Um, while he's doing that, he leaves his cell phone in the little uh, compartment, I guess, under the under the top of the little. I don't know what to call that, like the like I don't know what that's called, that empty spot. <laughs> between the top of your desk where you could put your books and stuff anyway he leaves his cell phone there and uh Edith, of course rats him out for it rather than just give it to him uh so he gets in trouble Narc. and gets the phone yeah exactly gets the phone confiscated which again is another really effed up way she demonstrates her crush um and osman is totally oblivious to this he just thinks she sucks i mean she does suck but like he doesn't see any ulterior motive at play here because he's dumb so in the next scene, we have Sinan's uh, golden, fantastic A-plus parents sitting in the Yelda. The father is actually asking him to bring it for, for cookies with his tea because he's just like the most awful human being. Oh my God, awful he's the human worst. Being. The worst. Yeah. yeah, such a punchable face. Um, and while Sinan is going to get, you know, get the tea for his parents that he's you know, he, he's literally being nice to them, like, out of spite. Like, he is, he hates them so much that it's, like, not even worth it to him, I think, to, like, get mad at them or to, like, show any emotion to them. So, anyway, he knows, he fully knows that they're going to, they want to sell the Yilda, but, like, feel awkward about having the conversation with him. So, he goes away. I, I'm sure he hears what they, they're saying, but, like, the dad has no intention of taking Sinan in, even though he lives in Istanbul and like that would be the most reasonable arrangement for him to continue to go to school where he goes to school because the mom lives in Ankara um, and just, again, hates her son and doesn't, like, doesn't want to take him. I don't understand. Yes. Um, we don't get, and we still don't get really any context as to how they can be so awful um, to him, uh, other than just like them being 100% awful people. So Sinan lies to them and says he 
is moving out on his own. He has a place. Well, he's moving out of the of the Yelda. He has a place to go, which is like one of his classmates who doesn't exist, whose parents are going, uh, who, who are moving abroad and the classmate's going to be staying alone. So he can stay rent free with this friend who the parents don't ask who this friend is, where the friend lives, anything about it. They're just super relieved that he's not their problem again. And the dad is especially happy that he doesn't have to increase Sinan's allowance um <laughs> to accommodate because he, he was really afraid for a second there that Sinan would uh have to pay rent and then he would have to give Sinan a higher allowance as a result so yeah easily the most infuriating scene in this episode at least mm-hmm. from my perspective then we see then Sinan trudges over later in the night to join his friends at again some shack somewhere I'm assuming this is close to Ushik's new uh new digs um, it looks like some kind of a fishing shack. I've been seeing like buoys and stuff um, and fishing nets. Um, they're having beer and chatting. And this is where Sinan insists that Osman be the one to talk to Elif because Elif is the best way to get Yildurayde, the superintendent, to back a rival uh, who is Refik, the geography teacher. He's kind of this goofy, kiss-ass guy who, again, is uh, they call him... Um, uh Nejdet's dog because he like you know is a huge kiss ass and does whatever Nejdet wants so it would be a really unexpected rival it's not a guy who this isn't a guy who would think to do this himself nor is he in any way qualified but they want to get the superintendent to back him so that uh Nejdet doesn't run unopposed and so Sinan being uh the smartest person out of this group has already observed that Adif has a huge crush on Osman and so says Osman you have to be the one to ask for Edith's help, which Osman's like, she's an asshole. I don't want, I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But um, anyway, he gets convinced because, you know, he, he is ultimately loyal to his friends and wants Ushik to be readmitted. Um, in the next, and, and by the way, Sinan has not told his friends anything, not about his grandfather dying, not about his shitty parents um, and, and him moving out. And in the next scene, we see where his quote unquote, uh, new new places. It actually turns out to be the storage th- area of the school. He takes the St. Bernard and his grandfather's canary, I guess? Parakeet? Uh, parakeet, parakeet, yeah. Um, parakeet with him and uh, sees like his grandfather's, sees like a, a ghost or a vision of his grandfather standing up as he leaves and is really sad. And then, um, yeah, he goes to this horrible storage facility that looks very cold and humid and uninhabitable. Um, and Eda sees him down there and he makes up some excuse for being down there. Um, and she sees the bird in the cage and is like, oh, this is your, isn't this your grandfather's parakeet? And then did your grandfather die? And then so he has to, you know, admit that he died. Or I don't even know if he admits, but he doesn't deny it. Um, and then he releases the parakeet, even though like, parakeet probably won't survive with all those cats especially in Istanbul and the and he says that Eda protests to the parakeet getting released and he says it has to find a way to survive um implying that you know if I if I if I've been able to survive this long this damn bird can survive (laughs) um in the next scene Osman and his hazelnuts (laughs) <laughs> uh, go over to uh, Edith outside the school to talk to her uh, and convince her to help. She's like all in like right away because she, like, like we said, 
before. She doesn't seem to have social skills or any friends. So she, and she has a huge crush on Osman. She, and she hates her parents because they're, as we see in the next scene, put a huge amount of pressure on her um, to excel at piano and to play constantly. And they like berate her for not playing on, on the piano that was installed in the high school um, specifically for her. Um, and they, they act like it's her dream to be a concert pianist when it's very clearly their dream for her to be a concert pianist. Yeah. So she's like super happy to help Osman and co because uh, as soon as Osman says, oh, I can like help you run, like we can help you escape from your house and whatnot. She's like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the plan is for her to blast um, piano music from her room, like from just like the CD player our cassette player and to lock the door um, to, you know, as though she's uh, concentrating really hard and doesn't want to be disturbed and her parents won't even notice, which is actually what happens. <laughs> they don't, they, you know, she, she plays so Incredibly, well. Incredibly, this plan works. Yeah, this, yeah. We have to assume that her playing is so flawless that she would just play like Debussy all the way through with no errors <laughs> and like it was being reported. Um, so yeah, Eda gets her out. They ride their bikes over to the gang's classic meeting point, which again is near Ushik's um, house, I think, new house. And they fill uh, Ada Finn. She seems happy to, she's happy to help and she's happy to have friends, uh, like we said. Then we see Burju. This is where, oh yeah, this is where Burju encounters Eda, I think just like, on the street right I think it's a chance encounter well they, uh, they're they, neighbors oh they're neighbors that's right yeah they live on the same street so yeah um and, uh, is upset with Burju for telling Ushuk but Burju is also upset with Eda kind of still for the whole like fake or like the setup thing behind her back uh, anyway they talk it out and then I think this is where Burju says like I can't remember this is where she says I think you all have a plan and let me know I think I, I think this is where it is at some point because I couldn't remember where but I think this is it she tells Eda or one of the gang that you know this situation sucks I know but I know you all have a plan and let me know if I can do anything devious <laughs> to help out because she knows that they're definitely going to be up to something sketchy um, and she offers her assistance which she starts to provide later in the episode um, in the next scene Edith uh, holds up her end of the, it's not even a deal, but she basically does what the gang discussed with her. She brings Yildirai to her father, Yildirai, to the school and introduces him to Refik, the, uh, the new, and, uh, and unbeknownst to Refik, the new nominee for principal. Uh, and, he, and she butters him up and says, oh, he's like the best teacher ever and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so that leads to him and Yildirai having a conversation in the schoolyard, even after Edith leaves to go into the school. And of course, Nejdet, his office is like overlooking the schoolyard and he sees them talking and he's like, the, the fuck's going on here? And then Osman talks to uh, Edith a bit inside, talks about like the piano and wanting to hear her play, which I'm guessing is going to eventually make Edith play that piano in the glass room. Uh, but anyway, then he goes and instructs two like random nerds, like A-level students, to um, ask Nejdet to uh, move Refik into the A-level classes, which Nejdet does um, begrudgingly. But he's also like, why is this guy's name suddenly coming up so much? 
And then we have uh, Burju being devious and helping. Is that, the, is that the scene? Hold on, I might be getting ahead of myself. Oh, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, this is not it. But anyway, Vefik has this like fortune told, I think by Suzanne, like in the teacher's lounge, that something great is going to happen to him soon. And he's just like delighted that his life is going so well. <laughs> he's so happy. Um, then uh, we go back to Ushuk's house. And this time it's just Sinan showing up, offering to tutor her and keep her current with her coursework so she can you know once she inevitably returns to school because of course the gang is going to be successful with their devious plan um she can take the university entrance exam at the end of the year and Sinan is like very insistent on wanting to tutor her every night and so but 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 Ushik is still playing it playing uh not playing it cool but kind of like she's still hurt by the whole them not telling her straight up what was going on thing. Um, and she's also upset that Sinan didn't tell her about his grandfather dying. And she doesn't let on that she knows other than asking him how his grandfather is. And he lies and says, my grandfather's fine. He's like, he's always been, he's the same as he's always been. Um, so, you know, it's clear that she's still going to keep their contact going and, and the nightly visits I'm guess going but um she's not ready to go back to exactly how they were when their relationship was sort of blossoming in season one and then we see Sinan back in after that night later that night back in his new home which is again that horrible dark and cold storage uh room of the school and you know he's he's clearly barely hanging on he's I don't think he's really eating anything he's drinking a bunch he's cold it's awful. The next morning, Eda gets a ride with Kerem on his uncle's motorbike. And Kerem even tells her that she needs to take school more seriously so she, can get into a, yeah, so she can get into an art program or design school. Yeah, and I, I, I wrote that down. It's like, if Kerem tells you you need to get your life together, like, damn, you need to get your life together. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, then we've got... Um, Yielded I Bay again at the same time, uh, taking Edith to school. And um, I think they're, I think what's happening in these, there's a couple scenarios going through Edith's head of like what, or is it Osman's head? It's one of them, of like what, how they think the conversation about nominating Refik for, um, or supporting Refik's um, candidacy for the principal position would go. So in the first scenario, which we don't know the we don't know what's being imagined like we think that's actually the conversation that happened um looks it looks like uh, Yildad Bey is like not at all supportive he's like okay I, like like I'm glad this guy is so great but the only reasonable candidate is Nijdet and Osman's like yeah running that through his head and he's like oh yeah yeah okay fine like this is never gonna work and then what actually ends up happening is Adif does convince her father to consider Refik and in parallel Burja is helping out um, by being devious and uh, essentially manipulating uh, Refik through flattery to apply for the for the position as well so he submits his letter of I guess intent to be considered so it all uh it looks like the plan is fully sent to motion. And uh, mercifully, listeners, this is the last scene. I'm almost done. Um, <laughs> we've got um, in the final scene, the 
shot of the Yolu that Sinan uh, recently moved out of uh, being approached by a, I don't know, guy in his 30s, 40s um, in a suit. We don't see his face, um, so we can only assume that this is the present day and this is like one of the gang um, all grown up. And we know, and this is confirmed by the fact that the people who opened the door of the Yolu are grown up uh, Ushuk and grown up Eda. And Ushuk is like super happy to see him. So again, confirms that this is one of the um, gang all grown up. We don't know which one. The nice suit means I think in my head it could be Osman or Kedam because I think we all <laughs> are in agreement that Sinan's uh, probably not a great shake, but I don't know, maybe, maybe he is, maybe it's him. Um, so yeah, that's how it ends. And uh, yeah, I'm so sorry, everyone, that hopefully Sophia's voice is uh, good after today. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Esgi, for taking over. I'm sorry that I am a bit under the weather. No problem. It's no problem for me. But um, I, again, listeners, I think that was a little bit that was a little bit too frame by frame, but <laughs> better than me missing something because I would have okay. also done that. <laughs> we have a great basis for our discussion now. So now we're going to move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section. What character would you like to start with? Um, I, I mean, I, I think I have the most feelings about Sinan's awful family. Yeah, yeah. Usual. Okay, let's start with Sinan, and then we can get happier, end on a happier note in our gossip yeah. section. Yeah. I, I'm like as as Izzy mentioned in the recap, and I think it's super obnoxious. This new girl whose name just slipped my mind. Elif. Elif. She is like the most socially awkward person on earth. Like maybe her parents don't let her socialize because yeah, they want her to be a piano. piano yeah. Like whatever, virtuoso, superstar, whatever. And her dad has been on something else we watched, but I can't remember what. It might have been Fatma. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Fatma or Masum, but I think it was Fatma. I did not recognize him at all. Wait, wait, who was who? The guy, the the dad, or who was it? Yeah, the dad. Oh, I don't. I didn't recognize him either. Are you sure? Yeah, or something else we've watched. I'm not entirely sure what. Hmm. I will look him up. It's appropriate that you're forgetful of where you saw him because he is a very forgetful social climber. (laughs) <laughs> who cannot remember Rafik's name, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, I, I recognize him as a actor because he's in a lot of things, but I didn't recognize him. So I'm going to look. Oh, he's Nazem from Atiyah, duh. <laughs> oh! oh <laughs> Worst dad ever. Yeah, Consistently, <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. That's so funny. And finally, they built Billy on IMDb. Oh, they did? Uh-oh, that means she has a bigger role. We don't want that. Yeah. Well, now her name is Bilur. Yeah, now she has a name. It's not just <laughs> misspelled subtitles. 
okay, she wait, is such a creeper she is literally so sexually harassing poor yeah. kamal also but hold we, on hold on we didn't get we didn't get the depressing stuff out of the way Sophia <laughs> totally derailed this like right sorry, away sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to talk about it it's sad yeah but i want to get out of the way so we can just talk about billy being a creeper which is hilarious okay <laughs> okay Sinon, our dude is really heading downhill yeah how do, why does he tell anyone oh my god like I get, I get his like resentful not talking to his parents because they don't deserve to know anything or like be involved in his life. I agree with him, but like, oh my god, tell your friends, tell someone. It's so bad. But at at the same time, like, I don't know. Maybe it's because like I'm I'm listening, I'm watching in English with like English subtitles, and I maybe miss the tone. But to me, I thought like his thing with his parents was more about like him not wanting to take anything from them because he's very proud rather than like yeah yeah because they've they've clearly done this shit to him his whole life so now he's like he doesn't want anything from them he's like so heartbroken i think over all the years and who knows what else they've done to him or how long he's been neglected like this but it's so sad that they have his parents like talk about him like right in front of him like yeah that's the worst part of it for me they're awful and the the ease with which they accept his story because that's just like what they oh want it's easy yeah. now we don't have to worry about it is like horrifying really horrifying all the parents are really bad on this show there's like not a good set of parents i think osman's dad is good as far as we yeah, know yeah that's true that's true he's like but, disappointed in his son yeah for what happened but he's like unlike Ushik's parents who kicked her out <laughs> he like did something like that sorry we're not getting distracted but Ushik's mom is in the hospital with shock or something like hysteria yeah. like an old-timey fainting yeah. couch lady yeah yeah that is just ridiculous I forgot that yeah oh my god and then, yeah, your solution as the other functioning parent in that relationship is to send your daughter to with another relative. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so Sinan, not sustainable, huge fire hazard, feel bad for the dog, mm-hmm. feel really bad for the poor parakeet. Yeah, He's definitely dead by now. Eaten, yeah. Um, and I, I know that it was a major theory last season that Sinan was going to commit suicide and I think that I pretty much believe that that's what's going to happen because unless the unless his friends can get through to him about what's actually going on like he's Mm -hmm. in a very dark place yeah yeah agreed I don't know how he survives this period of his life hopefully kemal because kemal actually like talks to him and asks some questions and is like low-key the mvp of the school (laughs) yeah his friends like ada like okay ada asked to her credit observed that the grandpa is dead and something's off but like i don't know they just assume he's sad and alcoholic and that's like just how he is like i mean i guess that's not that unbelievable given that they're all teenagers um and like people are definitely idiots when they're teenagers but it's very sad I wish we knew why his parents were so awful or like how how this deteriorated to this point um their behavior because the awful father has 
his new family with twins that he seems to uh, fret over quite a bit. So, like, what the hell? But I feel like we're probably going to get them yeah. just being awful. I was also of, really yeah. mad at Ashuk because, like, she's being so stupid and immature. Yeah. yeah being mad at him about, like, not telling her or not telling her about, I wasn't sure whether it was about the grandpa or about the scheme they were part of i think mostly the scheme but then she was using the grandpa as a test which is like you don't need to do this right now it was so (laughs) shitty like she needs to it that is not cool like if his grandpa is dead you know that he's like his only person not he was like basically in a vegetative state like his only person was basically comatose yeah (laughs) but that's also like classic teenage behavior like i also struggled with it because like Ishik is like the most empathetic of the characters, it seems, or she has been for a few seasons. Like, yeah, for she's the most, like the most season. like reaching out to people, and mm-hmm. but not this time. But I, I think, think she's, yeah, she's a teen. Yeah, I think it's laying the groundwork for like whatever rifts emerged that made them all fall out of contact for twenty years, I guess. Like it's gonna make sense yeah they're so cute right now they're all like such yeah. cute little friends and yeah Eda and Kerem are actually a really nice couple yeah. <laughs> scarily enough yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um I really like this new scheme I think this show I love it thrives on <laughs> scheming <laughs> that's what um, made me so happy watching this episode was this scheme yeah. and they're getting better at it and now they have Borju helping and it's like I love it I love and and Kim and Kim is gonna figure out what they're doing too and and help because he fucking hates Snidge that yeah every reasonable person hates him so yeah um yeah so uh what do you guys think I mean first of all I think the Borju seeing the magazine and getting insecure thing was really stupid I don't like that like that's so shallow (laughs) Um, although I do but understand how that would happen. This this whole season has been about how Bourjo is just a teenager, like the kids basically. Yeah. Like she like when when Edda confronts her and she's like, You're not gonna take responsibility for your actions, he's just like mm, Well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I it just like it's kind of weird and her feeling insecure about this model thing and then her resigning to her vice principal position and but still like trying to antagonize like nudged it and I don't know but I also feel like Kemal is now like going down to that level because why is he taking the vice principal position unless he has some sort of complex scheme in his head which is also possible I think it's that I mean I think he's like he doesn't want any of the because everyone else other than him and Burja are basically yes men to Nejzet. So I feel like he sees it as a responsibility. Okay, if Burja's out of that position, then it's going to be some idiot who yeah kisses ass is going to get it. Um, and I also think that like, I mean, I don't know, but I think that you know when Burja accused him of like not being committed to the his new life as a teacher and committed to her this is like good proof of that although it just pissed her off so (laughs) I don't know what they're doing Billy needs (laughs) to like be fired for yeah that was so creepy 
this like she was like you're locked in an office with me you can't do anything about it it's like oh my god like who do I report this to really (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah bad Billy bad and she's like literally decided to hate Fortune now too yeah I think she because she thought she was like the leading contender for came on right in the last season and was surprised that Buju and him had chemistry slash yeah. in a relationship <laughs> there was that awkward apartment confrontation where she was called Billy in the subtitles <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah go oh, for it I was just gonna go I, I didn't I was gonna talk about the last scene modern day but if you're talking about like not modern day you should go first yeah, yeah. We still need to talk about like the execution of the plan with Osman and Elif, which you oh, yeah. definitely called last episode as Guy in terms of them oh, needing yeah. a love interest for Osman. Yeah, we needed we needed one. We didn't actually, but but I thought it was cute how they did it. I mean, like yeah. I she's like the nerd and she's like yeah. so excited that he asked her for help and yeah. the um bad kids are like all really nice to her and give her a sandwich so I liked it I thought it was cute she seems like she's gonna actually like she's not they didn't like make a deal to get her to help them like she agreed right away so I feel like she's gonna be loyal um and I I really kind of want her to get caught in terms of like her running off and stuff just so her parents see how much she like hates what they're doing to her no (laughs) if she gets caught the plan will go to pieces no no I mean I just mean like her getting caught like just like sneaking out like without necessarily like her revealing what the full extent of it is but I want her parents to know that they're awful (laughs) and she hates her life they're horrible yeah yeah we we talked in uh, my Turkish class about how they're like very much social climbers Mm-hmm. And like the only thing they're concerned with is the appearance of having a daughter that goes to Vienna to play the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked the transformation of Refik over the course of the episode. Like, I don't know that we know anything about him, but that was really cute. He was yeah. like so excited to teach the smart kids. And then he was like, Borju, you're right. I should put my name in for principal. Yeah, so, so easily manipulated. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> and I think Borju, that was correct to agree to help with the plan because yes. she really effed over a shook last episode with her timing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, yes, let's go to modern day. Okay, so I 100% recognize the actor from behind. And he's very oh, famous. no, you did? <laughs> yeah wow that's impressive well, I, knew, I, I know which famous actors are in this season and this was very clearly okay one of them and you know which recognize- person they play yes okay gotcha so I don't know who it is and mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you that it's not Sinan it's either Osman yeah. or Kerem yeah. Osman makes sense but I feel like maybe it's too obvious to have him showing up in a nice suit that's like too obvious so maybe maybe it's like is now like his father yeah mafioso 
boss kid yeah. which honestly like he has the skill set like he would love to go kneecap some people yeah if he can just like channel his anger to like strategic incapacitation yeah. he could be great <laughs> yeah and like settle turf wars on the basketball court he's got all the skills who do you think it is sophia i don't know i mean it would have to be Kedem or osman i don't mm. I don't know. I can't decide. But, like, he wouldn't get out of prison in a suit, would he? I don't know. <laughs> well, according to Ocean's 8, you get out in whatever you went in. Could in, in. Because Sandra Bullock comes out in, like, an evening gown. Interesting. I mean, if I it know. was seen on, that would be a huge surprise. And I would be really excited. Yeah. But I don't think it is. <laughs> I mean, it would it would be a better show if they like made the dead person like more of a more of an unexpected decision but we shall see um okay anything else for this section nope all right so now we're going to move on into our history section where we were thinking about talking about the college entrance exam, but we decided on a much more important topic, which is snake, snake. and various iPhone games. Not iPhone. Oh, sorry, not like iPhone. Motor- Motorola late 90s. Phone games. Phone games. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Eski. Okay, so I didn't know this. Snake is actually a whole video game genre. It's not like one oh. one trademarked copyrighted game um the basic premise of snake for anyone who's either super young and listening to this podcast or um not young but had no interest in phone games which i was kind of in that i I had no patience for like dealing with the buttons and things so (laughs) i was in that category for sure but i did enjoy snake um probably my favorite phone game a retro phone game So the object of snake is you have what starts out as basically a dot, very, very small, uh, barely a line. And again, very simple graphics uh, going around eating other dots around the gameplay area. And every time it eats a dot, it grows in length to the point where at at the start, uh, the player's struggle is to not hit any of the walls, any of the four walls in the play area um, while going after the dots. Uh, but by the time you eat enough dots and you get your, your snake's body grows to be very long, the snake's body actually ends up being an obstacle to itself. Like your snake's head can run into its tail or even part of its like midsection if it's long enough. And then you lose your turn or you, the game is over because you ran into yourself. So you have to keep the snake moving constantly um, throughout the play area without hitting a wall, without hitting itself and still eating dots. So it ends up, it gets very difficult, very fast. It's both strategy and hand-eye coordination. Um, So it's a very difficult game, even though it's like super simple um, in terms of like programming it. So anyway, this came about in 1976, a two-player arcade game called Blockade was the first um snake genre game um it's also sometimes called worm in some i don't know some games that are that are that employ this format they are very very uh popular phone games like like i mentioned or like we mentioned at the start of this segment so pretty much every uh nokia mobile phone in the late 90s 
had a version of snake loaded onto it. I encountered it on my Motorola Razor, which is still the best phone I ever owned. Very easy <laughs> to carry in my pocket. I miss it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's literally to this day, dozens of versions of it for your iPhone. You can get it for free through any number of mobile apps. Actually, while Googling snake game to research for this segment, um, I was delighted that Google built in an Easter egg, that, like their own version of snake that you can play on your computer keyboard that I fully spent 30 minutes playing. Uh, it was very, it was as difficult as I remember it being <laughs> on my phone, although a little bit easier with the computer keyboard. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I, I think because like I said, I, had, I didn't play too many uh, retro phone games when I had a retro phone and I don't play very many games on my phone today. Snake is probably still my favorite, although I'm very bad at it. Um, I don't know, Sammy, Sophia, do you have favorite throwback or current phone games? I really like Snake, although it's like gets so hard once you get to yeah. a certain length and it's like, yes. how do I avoid hitting myself? You just like start going in a sad spiral that gets smaller and smaller and then you get yourself very sad. Yep. Um, I was a rebel, so I had the Motorola Sliver, not Razor, which was the non-flip version. Yeah, it was even skinnier. Pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Also Tetris, an oldie but a goodie. I really like Tetris and um, Pac-Man. Pac-Man's fun. A classic. Yep. But is Pac-Man a fun game though? Yeah, I feel like I had Pac-Man on my... Yeah, it was built into those old phones, yeah. The best ones were the Palm Pilot games. Well, I never owned a Palm Pilot, but my parents had one. (laughs) And I forced them to download things on it, like Battleship. Ooh. Ooh. That's advanced. And there was... My mom had, like, a little Siemens phone, and it had this game called, like, Block Dude or something, where, like, you had to move around the blocks, and they kept falling on you, um, which was very entertaining. I still play that game that you showed us when we were in Columbia, Sophia, the BB Tan game. That's a very good game. <laughs> it's a really well, good game. That game. I don't remember that game. Um, it's what like was it, blocks. Like, I don't know. Can you see my phone? No, you can't. Nah. It's like the little dude and you shoot the ball and then the blocks, the numbers go down on the blocks. What was it? B- what was the game called? BB? It's called BB Tan. There's like a million of these like bubbles games, but that's the most satisfying one, I think. Well, in the 2054 game, Sammy, do you remember? We used to yeah. listen to our boring classes in Turkey. 2054 um. really lost its shine for me, though. My thumb got tired. Uh, right now, I'm really obsessed with the Farmville Animals game on the iPhone. <laughs> no free ads, but the animals are really cute. Um, and then I also play the Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery iPhone game, no free oh, ads, wow. which is also really good. I only play Wordle, which is everyone plays. I do that in the morning. It's is that really like words app. with friends? You don't know what Wordle is? Oh my God. It's like a I phenomenon. Don't do what? <laughs> We're not cool <laughs> enough as key. Well, I'm not cool with either. All I have is a Facebook, but people always share like since for about a month now, literally everyone I know, except for you two, has been playing Wordle. It's uh, It was just acquired by the New York Times. So unfortunately, it's going to go behind a paywall soon. It's only oh, available no. to play in the browser. So you have to like open up your browser app on your phone and type in 
Wordle. Uh, I think it's wordle.com.co.uk maybe. Let me see what the URL is. Oh, it's like powerlanguage.co.uk, but if you Google Wordle, it'll take you there. You get six guesses to figure out what today's five letter English word is. And you, you have no idea what it's gonna be. So you guess a word. The best word to guess is later, by the way. Some guy on TikTok researched this because <laughs> those are the most commonly used letters in the English language, the wow. letters in later. So that's the best guess you can start out with. And then the tiles will turn green if it's an, it's the right letter in the right spot in the in the word of the day yellow if it's a letter that's in the word of the day but not in the right spot or gray if it's not in the word of the day at all and it grays it out and greens it and yellows it on your computer keyboard so or not your computer your um phone keyboard so you know what letters you have remaining to guess from so you get like i said six guesses um and then it remembers your device so it shows you your streak. So right now I have a very pleasing 19-day 100% win streak. Ooh, um, humble brag and, here. And yeah, not not even humble. I'm just bragging. <laughs> and uh, I yeah, so I go. I literally when I'm like groggy in the morning, trying to wake myself up, that's what I pull up on my phone to turn my brain on. And it's very fun. And it's also fun to like have everyone in the world have the same word. Mm-hmm. And like. It's, it feels like uh, appointment TV, like when that existed or when we had Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Too. Remember that um, trivia app oh, that yeah, was like yeah. live? Um, yeah. Oh, God. What was that called? It was very Hunger Games-esque. It kind of creeped me out. Uh, yeah. I never got into it. I think I only played once because some people I was with made me. Oh, God. What was it? No. Hold on. Trivia live. Oh, HQ trivia. HQ. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 That was uh, those all went bust. There were like multiple <laughs> versions of that or knockoffs of that, and they all crashed and burned. <laughs> I also do the New York Times mini every day, mini crossword. Yeah. So yeah, Wordle's gonna be part of that family of <laughs> New York Times paywall things, unfortunately. But like I said, for now, it's for free. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good. Yeah, I'm still shook you guys haven't heard of Wordle. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once it comes onto my New York Times app, I'll have heard of it. I've heard of like Hogwarts Mystery Castle Tour, but not <laughs> Wordle. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a Hogwarts mystery. <laughs> right. That's what I said. <laughs> and my character, Ava, is hot shit as a witch. So. Okay, now that we've had a very important and stirring discussion about phone (laughs) games, we are going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatima's hit list. I have a feeling the hit list will be pretty easy this episode, but we'll get to it. So what the fuck? This is not really like what the fuck, but like, whoa, that's awesome, is Osman's like boat pickup. Thing. Oh yeah, he's got <laughs> so many connections. Really cool. Like, I feel like if somebody had that connection, they'd be the coolest kid in school in like a second. <laughs> what the fuck to Shook's mom? Like, 
No, you can't just go into the hospital because your kid misbehaved at school. I'm sorry if she's dealing with an actual mental illness, but that seems really fucking lame the way it's presented. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Exactly what you said earlier, Sammy, like the Victorian women being accused of being quote unquote hysterical and fainting on couches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except she's actually being hysterical because this is totally irrational. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, what the fuck to Kamal's new office? Uh, I am not a teacher, but I'm pretty sure that teachers don't get like their own private offices that they have to share with the woman who's creeping on them. And I feel like they just have a teacher's lounge, which we've seen. So also, aren't there like 12 vice presidents? Like when we saw them voting yeah it was like everyone was the vice principal yeah now there's only two (laughs) yeah it's very confusing and who would ever allow billy to become the vice principal it's not gonna happen also update sophia just spoiled the wordle for today but don't go into our chat before you play it sorry wait now i can cheat again on the first try cheating um okay uh what are your what the fucks sophia's uh screenshot just now is one yeah (laughs) Um, i was impressed sophia (laughs) i guess mines are burju in general is kind of a what the fuck like in the season i agree i think she's really pretty unlikable except for when she's helping them with rafiq yeah and um the the new girl also like climbing down like in such a teenage tv trope kind of way that was a nice ass house i don't know where that was yeah okay for me what hasn't been said i mean sinan's parents obviously uh just a blanket wtf and then um adif's parents wtf (laughs) yep uh I mean, yeah, that's basically it. I think, and I agree with everything both of you said. Okay, Sultan of Success. Who could it possibly be? I think Osman, per usual. Although he's acting kind of ditzy because he's like really not grasping that this girl is into him. They also look, I know we kind of like touched on this last episode and it got me, maybe you got me thinking about it too much, but like, they look like very different ages. <laughs> like, yeah, it might just be a size thing because he's very tall and she's not. But they like it when I look at them together. It's not like oh, these two people should have chemistry and be together. It's like I mean, oh, yeah, okay. I think, I think <laughs> the actor is like well into his thirties. Let me see how old he is. Hold on. Yeah, he is thirty-two years old. <laughs> so. And he looks, I mean, he looks, yeah, he doesn't look old, but like he looks. Yeah, he doesn't look old, but he looks like a man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and I want to just uh, mention that the actress who plays Edith is also on the show, that network show that Burju and Kemal are starring in. Wow. And Edith plays the younger sister of Burju, whose murder is the whole central plot of that show. Oh, she she got got pretty early then. Yeah, yeah she, she was fairly she was fairly present in the early episodes and flashbacks, but uh, 
once it was revealed who the murderer was and how it all kind of went down it was like oh well not gonna really show her anymore (laughs) (laughs) okay i could do oswald i could also do elif because she stuck out of her house and had a secret date with her crush yeah like a normal high schooler evening Mm mm-hmm um well and Sinan also for like connecting the dots in the plan because like I think Osman was it was his brainchild the whole like usurpation of um what's his name Nejdes but then like Sinan filled in that kind of overall frame with like oh no we have to do it through Edith and Osman you have to be the one to do it (laughs) because she likes you and Osman was too dumb to see that uh yeah but there's no way Sinan is winning Sultan of Success as much as I like to give him a win. No, I mean, I think for planning, if it goes to Osman, it has to go to Sinan too. Um, if, that's, <laughs> if that's the qualification we're giving Osman, because Osman by himself would not have gotten this far <laughs> or had much success. Uh, what about Kerem for riding on a motorcycle and telling Eda actually good life advice? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to be Sultan of Success for much longer. Unless a man in suit is revealed to be him. <laughs> yeah, high school is definitely his peak, um, yeah. but he's doing great at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Fatwa's hit list. I mean, all the I, parents? Yeah. <laughs> Sinan's parents. Sinan's parents for me are the obvious choice. Yeah. For me, all the parents except for um, Osman's dad. He seems to be normal. <laughs> yeah, Ushik's parents <laughs> also suck. Edith's parents. Elif's parents. Did we see Eda's parents this year, this mm, season? No, I mean we saw in the in the first episode like them trying to marry her off and like that guy in the living room. Oh yeah, we did. That was yeah. sketchy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Congratulations to our Sultans of Success. Let's just say like the whole crew, all the bad kids, they're doing great. Plus Elif for sneaking out of the house. Everybody's doing great. Everything's so happy. I hope everything continues this way for the rest of the season, but I know not to expect that. Watch out to Sinan's parents. Fatwa is coming after you first. And then she'll probably be stopping by all the other parents of the show, except for Osman's dad, because they all seem terrible. Next time, we'll be talking about Love 101 Season 2, Episode 3. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.